Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Billy Moore podcast. And today's special guest is Tony Moran. Now, Tony's got an incredible story. How are you? So, I'm good, Bill. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome, mate. So, tell us a little bit about yourself before we begin. Mm, in what, what respect? Like growing up, where did you grow up? Uh, you know, and how was life for you? And then we'll start going on the identification. Born and raised in Kensington. Okay. Had a, a nice upbringing with nice parents, nice family. Not 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 in terms of um, the financial. The finances weren't good, but yeah. life life was good in terms of family. Family structure, good morals, good principles. A lot of love and care and support, in some way and not in others. That's a fine. You know what? What age are you? Me, I'm forty nine now. What are so you? I'm forty eight. Yeah, so we're born in the same era. Seventy three. Seventy three. I was born. Yeah. yeah. I was early. So you were late. I was due like at the forty. Mid. Was it? Yeah. So um, I, I, I've got good memories of my childhood. I had a nice childhood. I've, I've um. And if you look back at the, the way things were at that time, it was very different, wasn't it? For oh, them? yeah. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't. Uh, we were sort of left to our own devices a bit, weren't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we could go out, you know, with the fatty errors, weren't it? It was, uh, you could go out in the streets and no one would be worried about you yeah, and you do your own thing. When we were teenagers, you mean, yeah. I think when I was a kid. Was you? Yeah. I was out on a boat a lot as a kid. I was egging and everything, so. Finding our own way in the world, I'd yeah. say, wasn't there wasn't like all this sort of cotton wool parent and gone no. on, was there? No, fuck that. <laughs> there wasn't like a mission and no one knew where there you were. No, there no was, was no like scenery about where your kid is going, and no. then it's 14, and it's dance, and then it's yeah. music, and then it's this, and then it's that. There's none of that in my day, and no. your day, obviously. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, found my own way in the world from a child, really. And um, found my way into a martial arts in my 12. And that was probably, that probably spawned the rest of my life in terms of how the rest of my life developed and the path it took and um, the experiences I had. And I've had a lot of amazing experiences to um, do the fight game. Got a bit of a Forrest Gump sort of fight story for you. Um, from not realising I can't even fight as a kid, going into martial arts. Um, can I show you something? Go ahead, show me something, show me. So, if you look at that, which is me 13, so that's like a year after me starting martial arts, winning my first British karate title. Yeah. So that that, that triggered that triggered me. How old was you? Thirteen. I was thirteen. What belt was you? Did you manage to get to? Oh, I got the black belt, that, but that was my karate days. But the point I'm making from this is this this one experience here at this young age spawned yeah. a thirty-year fight career. So from that from the age of twelve until the age of forty-two, I had a thirty-year fight career. So I fought in martial arts, which was karate based, then in boxing, and then in MMA, and then back to boxing. Finally, winning a world title at the age of forty-two. Incredible. When things weren't going the best for me. How mad so, is it? How mad is it? So right, I was thinking when you were talking about your karate, right? So I was the same age, and it was probably like the Bruce Lee's age, and, that, and I joined the, the Shotokan Karate red, Club. Red, red Triangle. No, in ASB, Dave Parr. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you from Speaker? Yeah, originally. So I joined that. So I wasn't really um, too keen on it, to be fair. But it sort of spawned the same. Who you became? Yeah. Well, Liverpool's that type of city, though. It, it is, isn't it? It is a, it's a, it's a, a survival city. based city, isn't it? Yeah. You sort of feel. I'm not saying. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it's like it's it's factual what I'm saying. There's like there's a there's a sort of state of survival that you feel in this city, isn't it? Yeah. In any inner city, I imagine. Liverpool maybe even more so. It's a poor city, isn't it? It's a tough city. Yeah. It's a lot of lot of lot of different genes in Liverpool, isn't it? A lot yeah. of Irish genes, a lot of a lot of a lot of mixed genealogy in Liverpool. Mm. So um and I, I'm I'm very aware of who I've become through fighting. Did that did it help you become aware of who you were? I know I, I know your story. I think it's just for me to relate back to you on that, it was it was sort of like trying to impress upon me my dad and then it became an escape mm. and it was like the pain in the ring was easy to yeah, accept I accept that I can accept that but the pain outside of it was a bit like trauma I couldn't focus I couldn't cope uh, emotionally I wasn't developing and the vulnerabilities and the anger were always easier to deal with in a ring mm. you know so I think for me it was that because if, if it was like if it was a sport and I wanted to achieve like glory 
I'd have probably been training a bit more and went a bit further, but I didn't. Did you go to Gemini? I joined the Gemini. It was the St. Ambrose ABC when I first started. So it was before it turned, it'd been sponsored. You had two boxing clubs, you had uh, Speak Boys and the Gem- well, St. Ambrose. And what age were you when you started as a martial arts? I must have been about nine. Mm-hmm. Right, I was because my cousin was a, a big fan of Bruce Lee. Sam, yeah, Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee. Yeah, Chuck Norris, Van Damme, yeah. Bruce Lee. No, he was later on, Van Damme. He, he was late, he was the 80s, but he was sort of coming, <laughs> he was coming of age, weren't he? Yeah. Nobody treating no surrender. Yeah, I remember that. All those, um, Pulling them moves off me. Remember Jim Carter? No, I remember him. <laughs> oh, mate. Remember Hong Kong Fubi? Yeah, remember him. Fucking hell, we're going to just start rem- reminiscing now. Okay, then. So, you saying what you just said then resonates deeply with me because that's what I felt as well. Yeah, I wasn't a tough. I wasn't a tough kid by any means. I wasn't brought up in a family that was. Tough. I had no brothers. My dad was a very gentle man, so there was no toughness around me. But yeah. I brought up in a tough area with tough kids. So then you're trying to make your way in the world, aren't you? Yeah. As you as you as you your teens, we got this gentle nature that doesn't fit in in the environment that you live in. So going into the martial arts to me is exactly what you said. I was willing to suffer in in a martial arts studio. To become a more resilient version of myself, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I knew I, I knew what I was going to need for outside. Because I could sense what was I could just sense the change in like from childhood to adult years, and the sense and and there's a lot of well-known lads from Liverpool. Everyone will know them. That was their area. I was growing up alongside me, and they were becoming. They ended up becoming quite ruthless for the time in the behaviours. You know what I mean? But I had to live amongst that, and I had to sort of work my way through that and survive through that. Now, now I was never a target by the way. Mm. For some for some reason I was I was maybe it was my personality shone through. I've always had a nice personality, I've always been a nice person, what was going on with others. So I've got a good human side to me that, that people seem to respond to. So but at the same time you can own up with nothing and you want things, don't you? And you see what other people are getting. And then you see that there's a route there possibly to getting that too to combat, to to winning, to fame, to money, to all the things that we aspire to as kids growing up in poverty stricken areas, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that was my drive yeah. that was my driving force. It's whether you make a poor choice in that as well, isn't it? In what sense? And see, so, you know, you, you you know, you're going on the focusing on the boxing and mm. you know, the fame and, and all that training side of things. But there's also like you're living in them areas, there's a lot oh, of temptation yeah. with county lines and drug dealing and of course you know and everyone blowing smoke up your ass when you're doing well big fat ego was going on so yeah. how fat. did you manage then so in what sense to avoid all that because of my upbringing and, and the moral the moral compass i had as a kid given yeah. from my family and i've got a big family but they all they were, they were all good people really good people yeah um dad's family and my mum's family so a lot of a lot of extended family my mum and dad we're good people, but they struggle with, with poverty, you know what I mean? And, and all the things that poverty brings to your life, the, the burdens and the, the worries and all that. So they were, they were a little bit distracted, me mum and dad. But me, me, me grandparents and me aunties, you know what I mean? They were strong, capable, but morally, morally gifted people. Yeah, and yeah. I got a lot of, I got a lot of that influence, I think. So going through my fight career, and having all the temptations and all the seductions and all that, I was I, I I've always had boundaries. If that makes sense. I've always known what was good to do and what was not. Well, good that's to that's do. good that you did have boundaries, like because mm. most kids growing up don't. Oh no, I went off. Mm. I, went, I went off in the um, in the in the party days for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> and I always enjoyed myself, but but I always I always knew that I had to come back to, to my foundation. My foundation was was sport and and, yeah. and competition. Um. So I was doing well. I done really well as a as a as a karate man. Done really well. I was like a standout champion for many years. I went into boxing. Um, now I never had one amateur boxing match me. No. Before I became a pro boxer. Uh, before I became a pro boxer, I should okay, say. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have one amateur boxing match. So that sort of went against me in many ways. I had no pedigree. So no one would really give me any opportunities. Um, but I still done well for for an area, a British Commonwealth two world titles as a pro boxer without any pedigree as an amateur boxer does that make sense yeah so going from karate into boxing and then I finished my boxing career went into MMA and I've done very well got into the um, the top 10 ranked in the UK done really well and this was all at a late age by the way from 28 to 
Yeah. Like excelling in sports, aren't you? I was excelling in karate all yeah. the way, and I could have continued excelling in karate, but there's no money in fame in karate. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted the money, in the f- and then I'm saying with likes of Tony, I'm saying with uh, Tony Dodson at the time, and Pricey and all them, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, the world and the, the money. That's not at the time for Tony; he was still an amateur, but you could see what was on the cards from you know, some of the men. Yeah, but you've got to have that amateur pedigree to, for people to want to take interest in you. Yeah. Because if you haven't got that amateur pedigree, who are you? You've got no backstory, have you? Of course. So, me me proving myself from my ability just as a fighter in a boxing ring with not much else to be fair. I had a great coach, John, uh, John Smith. And then another great coach in my second boxing career, Fran Arden, do you know what I'm saying? I know Fran and Bill, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've, had, I've, had, I've had good guidance, but I haven't had until I met Fran the best of coaching. I never met Fran until I was 40 as a coach. I knew him, I knew him personally before that. But I never got coached properly as a fighter. So I'm not banged that same. Sorry. Because otherwise it'll pick her up on the mic. I never got coached properly as a fighter until the age of 40 by Fran Arden. So all through my karate career. I'd, I had nice people around me, but no one actually... Fran's based in uh, West Derby, isn't he? As a coach in the old fire station, yeah. Is it, isn't it on um, Derby Lane or something? Off the top, of that, top of Derby Lane, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Fran was a, a very gifted fighter. Their Paul was incredible. Yeah. Tell you, I know, see, I know Paul better than the two. No, Paul from, yeah, from the shovel, the place. yeah. So I've been him, um, he was a big, big kid, yeah. big hands, no, no Paul Ball, yeah. very, you know, a lot of potential. Everyone speaks very highly, yeah. Good friend, I like Paul, I do. So, and Billy was a great coach. So, I, so when I met Fran, I got, I got given Billy's his dad, isn't it? Yeah, Billy's yeah, yeah. dad. I was given. I was given the right coaching that I needed. And that's why I won a world title of 42 under Franny, under Franny's tutelage. I was saying that John was in a great man and a great a great ally to me, but it was just a different way of working. It's like a George Foreman story, this, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, but winning titles at, at that age is... 42. And I retired massive, then, because yeah. that's all I wanted. I didn't, look, in my 20s, I wanted money and fame. Yeah. In my, in my late twenties. By the time in my thirties, we got three kids. We've got five kids, by the way. So we've got three kids, and then the two kids, other kids come later. The point I'm making is that the the honour in in the fight game for me is very important. Yeah. No, the honour and the respect and all the all the essential things that make you a better person. So I value them things and I value them importantly, and I, I try and pass them on to my culture now. But at the same time. You're still around people who you equally in terms of talent, you know, you, you're living with on a daily basis and your team and your spars and this and that. Same as the MMA game, I was mixing with some high level, high level athletes. We went on to win, win major titles in the UFC. And I, my talent is in terms of my abilities in the gym. Yeah. was equal every day, every day, every day. So I wanted the same thing as what they had in terms of the rewards. But I wasn't willing to sell out for it. Do you know what I mean? And you see a lot. You see a lot of behind the scenes. I don't know if you've seen this, but you see a lot of the behind the scenes, um, less than manly behaviour. I'd say, or people licking asses to get where they want to get to. So the integrity is out the window. People, people will flush their integrity down the toilet mm. to try and get what they want. Some people get there purely on talent. There's, there's some fighters get there purely on talent. Some fighters will get there. On a mix of talent, on a mix of sort of swagger, and the ability to speak, and and, and you know, well, you see it all the time, do, don't do, you? Do the, do the, the what's required by the market, and man, you know what I mean? The hype, the hype, yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm never one of the man who's, who's going to be speaking like that. But at the same time, I understand the game because I've been in the game so long and I've seen it from all angles, from all sides. No. I've lived, I've lived, a, I've lived a blessed life, and I keep banging the table. I'm sorry, but I've lived, <laughs> I've lived a blessed life from being a fighter. A really blessed, beautiful life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Very, very grateful. And um, whether whether you achieve the fame or not, my my sort of my sort of wish today to come and speak to you because I'm I'm a coach now of, of a serious nature. Yeah. And I didn't want to go down that road. We've got five kids, so I told Alex Foreman that I wasn't ready to become a full-time coach but as things just develop you just become attached to the, to the people you're training and we've got some really good talent at Alex's gym mm-hmm. master gym do you know Alex do you know Alex yeah is that is that by St. Sands please Dave yeah, yeah moved so the Nexum Centre is now where master gym is based 
Alex put it all together. There's a clinic in there called Concordia Clinic. Amazing. I'm going to invite you down for the hyperbaric. Have you been in one? Darren was in it the other week, were not he? Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he showed me the video. And the man who runs that, Rob's just an amazing man. He's like Jesus. Yeah, he spoke, he spoke about <laughs> him. He's like an amazing healer, man. It's yeah. unbelievable. So if you've got any ailments, this is the man of sort of, yeah. Yeah, he said that Darren had a bit of a um, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Stevens on his shoulder. He said... Uh, oh, he's done a lot of training up the years, Darren, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Powerful, though, as we all have. Our bodies are being, bro- <laughs> being broken, haven't they? <laughs> not half. So, <laughs> so um, I had that for me point then. But yeah, so Alex has put an amazing, amazing place again, and I love it there. I couldn't be more. Do you believe in creating your own reality to a point? Of course. I, you know, I believe yeah, that. You know, I don't believe that you could, you know, I always say to like, the kids that I, I, I teach and, you know, I'm around that mm. no one's going to pull up in a car and offer you, you know, a life. You've got to get out there and get unless it for it's a, Unless it's a drug deal. And yeah, unless it's a drug deal and county... Well, that, that's, sadly, that's sadly a lot of what's going on. Yeah, though, but I know what you mean. I yeah. know the point you're making. I mean, you, see, what the point I'm making is that you've got to get up off your ass and you've got yeah. to meet people halfway, put that effort in. And that, that resilience, you talked about it before, mm. resilience, perseverance, turning up and believing in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else is going to believe in you. And that's the thing that drove me. I was driven by that. But did no one believe in you? No. I was mm. only right. I'll tell you straight. People used to go. I used to say, "I'm going to write a story. I'm going to write a book." I go, All right, Bill. Yeah, sound. Just think you're a dreamer. Yeah, nice one. All right, Bill. And then I pull it out and I go, "Read that." You know, and I go, "Oh, fucking hell!" Mm. I want to make a movie. Did you sound no prove people wrong? No, I wasn't trying to prove people wrong, but I did feel as if it was getting like um, sort of put down in a sense of like that I wasn't worthy. I always felt that I was worth something. Right, my mate put it. In, in plain terms, he said, you know, there's two five-pound notes here, Bill. He said, I'm going to crumple one up and throw it on the floor, spit on it, jump all over it. He said, and give it back. He said, that's still that, that's still value at five-pound. He said, it's still it's old, it's weird. Mm. He said, you've been battered, spat on, jumped all over. He said, don't get yourself to a point where you devalue you as a human being. You're still that. You know, you're still valued as that person. And it kind of made sense. I mean, he probably said it better than I did. Um, it's a nice way of putting it, though. Yeah, it and it, it was like you know, so uh, all these cliches and all these pearls of wisdom, and I always talk about pearls of wisdom at the end of, of a podcast because people have always gave that to me, mm. and it's it's helped me in life. A little bit of wisdom from. Have you had good guards in your life? I have good sponsors, good mentors. Later on, no. Later on, That's not early on. So like I struggled as a kid, yeah, emotionally. I was very, I was very, I was very. I want to put the right word in there. I was very um, spiritually connected as a kid, for a lot of like, um, I know this always sounds weird when you speak in a Liverpool accent about these things, but I had a lot of like spiritual experiences as a kid. I was connected to something more, do you know what I mean? A, a, lot, a lot more than what than what you, than what you could verbalise at the time. No, I'm not, I'm not shy about verbalising. I go online and speak about these things. Yeah. But... Um, I had, a, I had a connection to something that was like that was that was nice about me. You know what I mean? I knew my own self worth as a child. Yeah. But then I lost it as a, as a, as a, as, a, as an older See, child, and and I didn't lose it. It got sort of covered over. Yeah. Well, mine was the opposite. I was on the reverse end of what you're talking about there. I was. What I felt we were growing up for me. I had no self esteem. I had no confidence. I wasn't connected to nothing. I didn't even, even as a child. Even though. as a child, right? So I didn't even feel like I belonged in my own family. I was made, right? I was made to feel as if um, you know, you're no son of mine. You know, you're not worthy. All those. So when you're young, you're conditioned yeah. to believe in what you're, you know, your, your dad, so to speak. It wasn't my mum so much. My mum was, you know, she'd done the best for us. But my dad was one for putting you down, and I believed in it. it was said to me that much that it was just conditioned in me to feel that I wasn't worthy. I had no, and all that no confidence and. I going forward in, in my life and growing up into an adult so then yeah I learned through other people I remember Sean saying to you know right you you know Bill I thought what does he want what's his agenda what's his motive straight away suspicion kicks Survi- in survival and stuff yeah just this is, and, and those they're saying is you know what you're a nice person I couldn't have said you know it. that affirmation what, what, does, what, what does he want so if a bear said it like, oh, she must fancy me it's fucking weird. So don't, it was don't weird. you find in Liverpool though sometimes? Because I work, I've worked a lot of doors for a long time. Don't yeah. Know? And I found that, and I'm, I'm a keen observer of the, of the human beings as you are. Mm. And like, 
again, not just relating to Liverpool or other than cities as well, but if you show people kindness, they look at, they look at you in shock. If you show them aggression, it's, it's more normal. It's comfortable, isn't it? understand what I mean? Yeah. In certain areas and, and in a city environment. So, but I've, I've had good guards late on. Never had good guards early on. Do you know Dave Ash? No. He's my first, he's my first martial art guard. When you start looking up to someone and think, I want to be like you. With that type of, Alfie Lewis as well. But Alfie at the time, when I was growing up, he was, he had a, he had a, he had a different persona than he's got now. Um, and then John Lynch, you know John Lynch? No. He stoned the clubs, the old five one and Garland. And the name's familiar. It's um... so so that family's been a great influence in my life as well. Fighting men, but of of good moral fibre. That makes sense. So like I had the moral fibre growing up, but I never had the that tough family element. You know what I mean? I've never had no 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 manly people in my life that were that were men's men. Yeah, good men, but not men, not the, not the fighting type of men, not the sports type of men. So I've had that moral goodness grow, growing up, learn to fight myself, and then that's got me probably the respect of other men of my ilk. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then they've been great guards and 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 assisted me because they're older than the sixties and, and they've got the, the wisdom of years to help to help guide me out of places that they might have been. Do you know what I mean? So I've had all them benefits later on and that type of support. But I've had to get there by proving myself without that. Am I making any sense? You know, I'm, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, I had a life full of mistrust. And I'm, I'm, you were mistrusting? Yeah, no, I was just, yeah, mistrusting of everyone and poor relationships. And, you know, like you're talking about guidance and mentors and people who were offering you support as, you, as you're going on in your life. Now, for me, it was like, the police weren't there to sort of help you. As a kid, mm. you're getting battered by your dad and you're asking them for, you know, fucking help and they just send you back home. You know, you can't talk to family friends because they share that information back to, to your mum and your dad and, and, and then they find out. and then you, So all, all that sort of made me push people away. And I become isolated. So the names that you're coming up with, I, I, I probably would have or, or should have, should I say, you know, being aware of them, but I wasn't because I was only aware of my little world and I was encapsulated and buried under mountains of drugs to suppress mm. all those horrible feelings that I felt about myself. Well, I worked in the homeless service for 20 years, right? And yeah. I've, I've seen from the family units, from the single male units to the female, because I worked in all of them over 20 years. And without a doubt, damage starts at childhood. Yeah, it does. And yeah. most people who are homeless in Liverpool and probably everywhere else, and like I've seen, I've read studies both American um, pen state penitentiaries, and it'd be the same applies a bit, and then all over the world, I imagine the damage done to you as a child is what is going to develop you to either go down the victim mentality and become. A serious victim. I'm not just talking like a, a victim oh, mentality. Yeah. I'm talking about a victim of prostitution, a victim of drugs, a victim of this. You know what I mean? Or you're going to become the aggressor and, and the violent one and the one who's, who's becoming the perpetrator. Because, yeah. because you've just been fucked up as a kid, haven't you? And it takes a lot, again, to, to as you know, you've lived a life. I've lived it to some degree, but no, nowhere near as harsh as you by what, what, I've, what I've read and, and mm. I am. Um, Learned about yeah, but still, the truth is that the damage is done in childhood, mostly. I would say definitely. I, would I definitely believe that was in my case because you know there was no nurturing. We, I was, you know, we were a bit, we were a big Did family. You feel loved? No, you I always, any, I you always shared. Hugs or words of, no, words of affection. I, I tell you, the only time I felt uh, there, was, there was an intimate moment was when my mum was throwing a neck comb through our air on a Sunday evening before we went to school on a Monday. There was never any uh, love or we were getting sold. We were, we, were, we were loved as it, well, I didn't say anyway. I never heard those words. Have you got kids? I have now one. And I... You different with your child? Yeah, it's definitely. I was saying this yesterday, Tony. I, I look, look at this kid, I think, I couldn't even, couldn't harm a hair on his head. I feel so blessed to have him in my life. You know, tell him he's loved constantly. Uh, and I tell him, and I look into his face, and I, 
and they're looking to his eyes. How old is he? He's 20 months. Boss, man. Yeah. And he, he's just the most, like, happiest kid I could, you could ever see. I think, I must have been like that. Yeah. At one point. Because I remember, if, you know, I looked at my dad with rose tinted glasses, but I always reflect on it. Sometimes I lie there and I go far back. And I think, how different far back? Different era, though, wasn't it? And, well, and yeah, that, it was a different era, but I... That's where I stand off. But I can remember about, well, it was about three, so only two or three, maybe, give or take, when my dad came in from work. If he did work, I'm not too sure if he did, but he came in from somewhere. And to me, you know, it was like, wow. And I, and I, and I remember jumping up and shouting him, and he comes out, and he was picking me up and hugging me. Hmm. That was the only memory you could ever. Nice memory. It was. It was a nice memory, yeah. <laughs> but it was the only nice memory. It was the only nice memory you could ever muster. Summon, so to speak. <sighs> I'm not going to dish my mum and dad because I've got some good memories, but but I've had to fil- I've had to filter through them through the years. Yeah. Here's another thing about the fight game that other people might not understand if they've never lived that life. Is that it molds it molds something inside you, doesn't it? For better or for worse, I would say. Yeah, it's a solo some, sport. Isn't it? Some people yeah. for the worse, but not many. I'd say the majority of people I've met through the through the fight, through, through martial arts, through the boxing, through the MMA, yeah. most people have got a good core to them because they've learned about the human beings, haven't they? By mixing, and it's like you said, it's a solo sport. So yeah. you're that, it's you, it's you or no one, isn't it? Yeah. You've got your coach, you've got your teammates. But when you compete, it's you. Yeah, and you're you, the one who makes. Yeah. You've got to look into your own soul on occasions and look into the depths of yourself when you when you you've been there and you don't want to do shit. You you know you're gonna to have to do it, and perform, perform, and you perform in front of your friends, your family, your city, mm-hmm. massive. And then you got the likes of these guys who performing on the world stage. You know what I mean? Big, isn't it? And like that's where we all want to be at a time. But it's um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a major pressure, isn't it? Being under them like. But, in a, but a blessed one and if you can get to these levels it's a blessing and hopefully when you get to them levels you you, you can respect what you've achieved you know what I mean yeah. but I see a, I do see a lot of fighters who know and I know I've not I'm no I've known a lot of high level famous fighters and some of them don't look happy at all and I but I'm I'm willing to ask certain questions because no because I'm a, I'm a human and I like to speak to other humans about human things you know what I mean um, and a lot of them don't trust people. A lot of them have, have lost trust for because they've had that many arselickers <laughs> and that many people trying to take <laughs> yeah, even their own families. Yeah. You know, around Page Jackson, don't you? No, but Lavelle no. is it? He was a superstar back yeah. in the day. He was he was he was the UFC champion. He was the pride. He was a superstar. Yeah, I know um, I feel fucking terrible here. I don't really know anyone. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Bill, that's part. But he's a lovely, in my opinion. Yeah. Have you met him? Oh yeah, I was yeah. one of his training partners. Travels oh, was home in America. Scouser, no. No, I was mad, but he come and li- he come and lived there. See how <laughs> much I know. He come and lived in, in. He was a major superstar. Come to live in there. You couldn't know the Wolf Slayer, don't you? The Wolf Slayer MMA Academy. No, I know that. Okay, so that was the that was the number one at the time because it was the first one in Britain, I think. And then. So only you've got to remember, lads. I was buried under fucking pavement stones for years. Fucking hell. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, yeah. But look, it was a bit. It was a big gym and a, and yeah. a big sound. I think. I think it was the first one in the UK to like yeah. really springboard across the, across the globe. I mean, because it was huge. So it attracted the superstar from America to come and be part of the team. Yeah. That Bisping, yeah, the Michael Bisping. Yeah. So he was the figurehead at the time, and then Rampage come even bigger superstar than him. I'm learning so as it, I go it along. It was big. Yeah. It was a big time to be at that gym, and again, that was like I was 34 then. 30, 34, 35, 36. You're in your prime, aren't you? Yeah, but they don't look at it like that. They see it, they see it as old. Yeah. So, well, I was fighting in the uh, Muay Thai competitions at the age of 34. I, but I respect Muay Thai so much, bro, because yeah. it's such tough. But you know, Muay Thai, it's a martial art. Yeah. And they fold martial arts and people don't pe- know. People have got on it in Muay Thai, yeah. more so than they have in the sports that are there for, for the market and the money. Muay Thai isn't like that, is it? No. You gotta love Muay Thai to be a Muay Thai fighter. You gotta, gotta be born. I think you've gotta be born into it as gotta well. I love it. Because yeah. it's it's, it's, it's out, out of all the combat stand-up sports, it's the most brutal. It is. Plus yeah. Burmese boxing as well. That's up there. See Burmese boxing rights and uh, Muay Thai. Now I there was someone you know the the first Muay Thai boxer that was 
he was called Mike and all. So I remember doing my history on it because I thought if I'm going to write about the it. First what, sorry? The first like combatants who fought in name. Um, he was called Mike, Mike and Om Tom, right? <sighs> Maybe I pronounce it right. But he, they, they were fighting, they were, war, they were at war with Burma because Burma's yeah. not Myanmar, isn't it? It was a martial art, true yeah, martial it, art, it was, it? Yeah, and, and the Burmese said that the Thai, the Muay, the Thais were blessed with venom in every limb. Because you know the this guy Nike and Om Tom, he fought the best of the best out of them. I mean, he must have fought a good few and just beat them all, you know. And this is and this was a and time. he won his yeah he won his freedom. If you if you do your history yeah, on it in the jails yeah he won his freedom. No, not in the, this was like pre that fucking like before centuries ago. This is um, if you do your history on him, he's up there with like you know respect from the Burmese. I don't even know where that come from, but it's there. <laughs> Bit of history, but probably useless to some people. But, but Muay Thai, for me, toughest combat sport in terms of striking. Yeah. I mean, two men agreeing just to stand toe to toe and just... With skill, by the way, and precision, but it's brutal, isn't it? Oh, yeah, especially on the legs. So, um, I don't know I don't know how we got on to that point, but I'd be talking about Thai boxing. I can't remember. I think we're getting on a bit, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a bit of brain damage, me. By the way, I'm still, I'm, I'm still it's happy. I'm complimented. Oh my! <laughs> let's let's just try and work it out. We'll have to get a cryptic fucking crosswords and reverse where we were. I'm fucking round about. But I think we were talking about the benefits of the fight game and what it can bring to your life. I, I remember like rampage. And oh rampage! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it. so so we're on we're on a roll. Yeah. I was talking about <laughs> how sometimes the fame and the money. Isn't always the answer. Yeah. It, can be, it can be. It can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I don't think it served Conor McGregor too well, to be fair. On occasion, I'm sure. I'm sure people look at it and think, "Ah, oh, give it." But I, I seriously wouldn't want my. There's part. There's parts of Conor McGregor. I'd have respect greatly for his ability yeah. where he's come from to do what he's done. But I think, I think, I think the fame and the money. It must be so much pressure at that age, mustn't it? When you've when you've come from VSC, you know, and it must be like Tyson, he was the same, wasn't he? See, I grew up. Went off the like rails, bro. Went off the rails. Rico Rod do you know what Rico Rodriguez is? No. He's one of our coaches, the Wolf He's the ex UFC heavyweight champion. Beat Randy Kishore. No no one when you mention him to people, most people don't know. But he was the UFC heavyweight champion back in the early days. Won that, went off the rails. And he'll tell you the truth about it. Um it can be a very seductive life. You gotta have a lot of good people around you if you want to be a championship fighter. Yeah, you have a lot of good foundational people around you. You want the best for you in in the truest of ways, rather than they want from you. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what I'm saying. Like they start mistrusting their own families or their own families. Though they want it, they want to reflect the glory of their of of their brother or their son. You know what I mean? So that's not nice, is it? No. So that just puts them in a, a lonely place. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's where, we, where, where we're at. Like, and the arse lickers, people are faking your life, but if you're, you're being fake, I'm, I've seen a lot of these people act and fake themselves. You know what I mean? See what writes only writes, and this is what I've, I've, I've come across over the years, is, uh, you know, we're only here for a, f- for a few short decades, and we're blessed with life, you know, and make the most of it. I, I want to do the best and be a benefit to society and my community you know and have all that trust and people being able and, and people do come to me and share their stuff and I'll contain it you know I'm not one for gossip and I don't go and talk about other people's business whereas when I was young and I was you know I had that air of arrogance and I was emotionally like underdeveloped you know I thought it was good to talk about other people because I had nothing to talk about myself mm. if, you, if you get me shouting it's it, that comes with maturity, but some people don't mature. You comfortable in your own skin? No? I am. Yeah, I am. I feel you look yourself in the mirror happily. I do. Yeah, I look at myself in the mirror and think, "You fucking are you?" Getting it's a nice know. feeling. Though, it is. No, I mean when you can look comfortably. Do you in know your what? Own right, eyes. talking about mirrors. Right, so when I was when I was in Thailand, I was banged up over there. You only had these little mirrors. I I never looked in a mirror for three years. I hated myself. Hated myself. I couldn't face the person in that mirror. It was like pulling a slide and just looking at someone else. It was horrible. You know, what was behind a stranger? And yeah, like looking behind those eyes, and it wasn't me, and that was horrible. It's only um, it took a long time before I actually <clears throat> sort of accepted who I was and started to like myself. You know, people say we we'll love you till you love yourself. Fuck that, mate! I, I don't even like myself. Never mind. I think a lot of people are suffering. I think, and 
I think this last two year period has highlighted a lot of that for a lot of people. How's, how's the last two years been for you? The last as, two- as you're fighting man resilience past past life, darkness coming out of it, realizing you're a survivor, got you through this two years like it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, me 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 too. It's like being in a cap D prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? On a home leave. But it feels like the last I've seen a few people struggle over the past two years. I, I'm listen, I'm a supporter, man, I'm there, I'm there for whoever I can be there for. Um, but I think yeah, what I'm right. saying, you'd understand what life what life provides you when it gets to a point where it's needed, don't you yeah. think? I'm I'm glad I've sort of experienced them things. Yeah, I, right, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be as comfortable as I am now when other people's heads are falling off around. Yeah, me. you're right, because you know what you you've experienced <laughs> hardship and isolation and separation and loneliness and years of uh, suffering. And then you, you get this moment, a couple of years, where everyone's heads falling off, the mental health's up the, hitting, the, hitting the roof, and there's a lot of suicides. But you're, I bet you're a supportive person, aren't you? I am. For a lot of people. I believe I am, yeah. yeah. I'd like to think it was anyway. And I've seen, I've seen men similar to us, like said Darren, we speaking about before, Alex Foreman, Derry Matthews, who's a great ambassador for, for Liverpool. But he, but where he, are you, Derry? But, he's, on, a, but he's a humble... That's yeah. why I go on podcast. But you should see the work he does. Yeah. And I've done work like that for a long time. And I think it's like... I like Teddy, the, yeah. There's a girl called Alicia Kelly. Do you know Alicia? Alicia. All I'm saying is, there's people out there promoting themselves... Throw a phone book at me, so... There's, but there's people out there promoting themselves for... I'm not saying for their own benefit, but you know, there's got to be a balance between why you do, what your intention is behind why you want to help someone. And you, you willing to do it without anyone knowing? You willing to do it only if there's a camera in front of you? Point I'm making is, I'd say the people self-seeking. F- the, but the people from our environment, the backgrounds we've had growing up in the areas we have at the times we did, that's important to me. It's the times, the area you were born in. Do you know what I mean? When all the technology didn't exist. Yeah. And look, we've we're on a podcast now. Yeah. We like sharing our stories, don't we? There's a part of us as humans that likes to share our stories with others, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, there's a and lot. There's and a I'm lot. open. I'm coming across in a way that I believe I am a humble person, and I'm, and I'm not here to, to to big myself up in any sense. I just like sharing a story that might be of benefit to someone. If I coach, who knows me personally, he doesn't even know me personally because I do get a lot of messages of of a kind and beneficial nature that shows me that what I put out into the world has got some level of um, of guidance in it for other people. Does that make sense? So, I think people of our stature are doing a lot of good work in this city. Yeah. And I'm not saying they should be recognised, I'm just saying that while we're speaking, and open, speaking openly, there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things and a lot of people probably don't even know who they are. Yeah. I've read, see, like, humility and humbleness and you know, it was Oscar Wilde. It was, I think, it was. Can't remember what the story was, but it was talking about like no one can give you humility or humbleness. It has to arrive from within. Mm. You know, it's it's from, it's within. Yeah, you get to a point where you know where the gratitude that you feel for not for a fucking new pair of trainees or it's just just for life in general. You know, just for what's in front of you. Now I see it in a different. I've got a different perspective now. I live for my my son and my family. I don't live for me and all that self-importance. And you know, I live for my brother and the benefits that I can give him. How old is your brother? He's about forty-four now. Does he live with you? No, he lives with me, mum. You know, she's been his carer all his life. You know. So don't speak. No, he's up in Netherly now. Speak, we left speak when we were 16, 17. Has, has life humbled you? Have you been humbled by life or have you been humbled by your... Like, I find it was my resistance to life that, that humbled me. Not fight, trying to fight against what you don't want and fight against what, what you feel is, like, undeserved or feel is, like, the hardships. But you fight to it because you're a scouser and you're a fighting man. You think your pride comes into it your ego. But like you lose your way to that. Like <laughs> it's only when like you, you get beaten down enough that you go, you know what? Well, I'm surrendering. I'm not sure. But again, even the word surrendering, Liverpool, it's like it's, it's frowned upon it. But what you're doing is you're surrendering to like, you know, we'll, we'll call it, let's call it what it is—a high, a higher, a higher, higher power, yeah. higher power, something. 
Something's up there. See, that was a big one for me years ago, so only surrender, right? So I remember it, and Renny, me mate, he's from London, and this is going back, you know, 2004, and I was in a rehab. In recovery, I'd had enough. I was, I was in and out of institutions, prisons. You know, my life was fucking. This four years ago. This is no 2004. This is oh, like a long time ago. So, you know, this is where I was at. And I remember going into this rehab called Barleywood in Rington, just outside of Bristol. Beautiful Mock Tudor uh, mansion. You know, I spent most of my life in Liverpool on sweat boxes in prisons. You know, and this this Cockney kid with no teeth. He's got seat now. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, said, you need to surrender. How old was he then? He, a few years older than me. He was in his 40s at the time. I was just like 29, 30. So I was quite just coming of age. For me, it was. It was like, I was still like a teenager trapped in a, in, a, in a man's body because by the time, you know, for me, I stopped using at the age, well, I didn't say, I stopped using at the age, I say 30 at that, this point. I was 15 going when I started. So I'd stunted my growth for about 15 years. So I maintained the age of a 15-year-old teenager mm. all through my life, the way I behaved, my attitude, my outlook. So when I stopped and he said, do you want to surrender? I was like, whatever. But in, when he put it to me, I, if it was surrender because I, was, I had to give up something. I had to put my hands up and go, do you know what? This is the one thing that I'm not going to beat <clears> in that addiction. You know, that's going to beat me down. That's going to beat me. It's like, Bill, you're going to get in the ring with a gorilla, a gorilla you're going to keep getting beat up. I mean, what do you mean? He said, when he throw the towel in, why do you keep getting back in? He said, enough's enough. He said, you know, just surrender. That, so that weird to me, and, and it's like growing up, and like I said earlier on, growing up, no movies, no retreat, no surrender. You know, and it, is, it is a strong, powerful word. We don't want to give up, but sometimes we have to in order to live, but not in a, in a weak-minded way. Because that's what people would see that as. Oh, surrender. We give up. No, it's not. Sometimes, you know, you surrender and you win. I've, I've got a mentor called Walter from South Africa. He's in the 70s, this man. Don't know how I met him. Just like some angel who arrived in the pool one day yeah. and took me under his wing. <laughs> like I call him his angel wing. But he says, walk quietly with a big stick. He said, you can be a man. You can be all the man that you've become through what you've done. Or like you're in debt. Yeah. But like, you'd be a gentle, you'd be a, not just a gentleman, you'd be a gentleman man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People, I think there's like a fear of um, being gentle in this day and age, isn't there? Especially, in an, again, in our environments, we'll be being raised amongst the people that we have to mix with. But I'm learning that as we get older. I'm learning to be gentle. And so I've, got, I've, got, yeah. I've got young kids, I need to be. But I haven't always been gentle. I've, yeah. I've been a bit rough around the edges. And I want to yeah. I I I soften them out, do you know what I mean? We'll be coming out with all kinds of powerful Yoda quotes here. No, but you know what I mean? It's nice though. It, it is nice because... I'm, I'm not asked anymore. I'm not asked how, how, how I'm perceived by the people who, who may perceive me different, you know what I mean? Than, yeah. what, than what they've known me as in the past. Yeah. And I like, I like, but I'm liking, I'm liking that transition. I'm not fully there, comfort, comfort level yet. I'm, I'm comfortable with my own skill, skin, I should say. But like, you're still, you're still aware of who you've been and what you've done. I've done nothing bad, by the way. I'm talking about in terms of me fighting, fighting abilities, and I'm respect. I'm a no, I'm respect the fighter. I'm a man's man, yeah. and, uh, and and I and I'm grateful for grateful that I've that I've learned that about myself, but I'm also grateful that I can show a more gentle side as a human being to other human beings who, because people need support. A lot of people need support yeah. in this day and age. I think you've got to live in a better service to others, haven't you? Yeah, it's like Muhammad Ali said, you know, my service, uh, you know, the, the best service you can do is be a service to other people, isn't it? He wasn't a service to one of his kids, though, you know. Do you know one of his kids lives in the ghetto? No. That shocked me. That's true, yeah. Well, I, I research because I had, I, you know, still got a high opinion of him, but that bit shocked me. It did really shock me, though. And it's, and it's a true story, by the way. Grew up in the I ghetto. Never, you know, I never heard yeah. One of his... Um, his earliest children before he got remarried. Is this when he was Cassius? I don't know. I don't know to that point, but but it, 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 if you research the story, it's a true one. Yeah. It's a father, bit unusual for a man like him, like. Yeah. It's, yeah. But um, but it's interesting, isn't it? nonetheless. That's what time she's crying. What time are we on now? Oh, right. We go for time. We go for time. So 
Okay, anything else you want to speak about? Yeah, so, so talk about you know you, you talk about Roy, Roy Jones and, and a few other. So tell, talk about your professional boxing career. Going like let's let's get from the age of what was it forty two when you started winning when you won the world title. Yeah, but started boxing at twenty seven, twenty eight as a pro boxer without any. I, I went to I went to Jimmy Albertina first and asked him to, to let me turn. Another Sunday. Yeah, but I've got yeah. bad eyesight and I couldn't. You, you, I couldn't blag the test. He, yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't let me blag the test, basically. Yeah, good man, Jim. He was a soulful man, you know. Yeah. Proper soulful man, Jim. Never had the, uh, the pleasure of meeting him. I've heard some really good yeah. stories about him. People have got an eye opinion of him. Yeah. Really? yeah, he was a nat- man of nature, man of like... But he, I think he heard it well. And I mean, I wasn't one of the closest people to him by any stretch, you know. There's a lot of lads who lived their lives with Jimmy. But um, I had the blessing of, of knowing him for a couple of years going on some walks with him and his brother and stuff. So we got to know him a little bit behind the scenes. Um, but I had to just turn pro. I had no other option. I could blag the protest, the pro test for the for the eyes. I could get it blagged. Couldn't yeah. do it, the amateurs. So I had to just turn uh, straight to pro. Because I, I had the opposition helping me. So how many fights did you have? As a boxer, 23. As a professional, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was ranked in the top ten for for the area British Commonwealth and two world titles. So how did so talk about your um, no promoter your record no promoter no promoter of your own a, man, a manager who half given give a give care the one but didn't really do you know what I mean because I had no pedigree no one was asked I was sort of like making that happen for myself. So even when you were winning, right? So I, I made made, I made the Roy Jones fight happen for myself as well, or what was gonna be the Roy Jones fight. But um, but one more. So tell us, so how did you manage, right? Um, how many did you win? I was at that twenty-seven. I think I lost in total six. Six, which is decent for the for, tw- for the twenty-seven. Not bad for a karate man. No, and without any amateur pedigree. I'm not really knowing how to box. Yeah, so he's done really well going forward. Yeah. So did people start taking notice? Was you was you was the knockouts? Was it? Was it stoppages? Was it decisions? I, had, uh, I think I had. I think I had. Maybe, was it a big punch? Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm trying to say to you. Without the without the correct um, understanding of what you're doing, I was I was great at karate because I had me I had my legs. But as a boxer, I didn't really know how to, how to transfer my weight effectively. The stance. Um, and I, I'm a big talk. Yeah. Well, listen. I think if you can, I think if you can knock someone out. On a few occasions, I think that must prove I've got knockout power to some degree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm a I'm a tall six foot seven guy with a with an athletic frame, so I'm not I'm no I'm no I'm no um, I'm no genetic genetic freak when it comes to power. Do you know what I mean? But I can generate a lot of power through length. If that makes sense. You're a big man, aren't you? Six but foot I'm, seven. But but you got to use that length in order to make make that happen. Am I yeah. making sense? And I was always trying to. Fight on the inside. I was always trying to f- probably go in. If you're, was, what what was be- what was best suited for me genetically? Yeah, I, so. I didn't I didn't always fight to that to that. You're more you're more of a like, like a hands or a haggler kind of. Yeah, you? but you need you need the correct guidance, don't you? Yeah. The correct coaching. Like if Mike Tyson hadn't a met Customato, do you believe Mike Tyson would have been Mike Tyson? No, of course not. he wouldn't. So he was close in. It's all look, how he and 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 I love every man and coach who's ever given me any guidance or any any shared any knowledge with me. I'm be, I respect and I appreciate everything. But as I say, until I'm a fan of forty, I wasn't given prop. I would never been given. I realised I'd never been given correct tutelage as a fighter in MMA and boxing and karate because it it just. Just the way it must have felt for me. I just, I just, I don't know. Don't know why. Don't know why. But I wasn't, I wasn't coached correctly. Um, but again, so what? So how did this? <laughs> I still had a good time doing it. How did this, this world title come about? Because you were homeless, I believe, from what I've read. Yeah, that's look. I, I had a divorce. I had no place. I had no structured or. So you're going through a few struggles. I had no, I had no designated place of my own to live. So yeah. I was, I was couch surfing. I was living here. I was living there. So when, when you've got no designated home of your own, you're, you're essentially. I wasn't living in doorways. Wasn't living on the streets. I always had somewhere warm. Just understand what I mean. But still, your life's unravelled a little bit. It's unmanageable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you're a little bit chaotic. I was a bit chaotic. I was. Um, I was partying for the first time in my adult life, doing all the things that I'd never done before. Just chaotic. 
just lost, just lost, lost my path a little bit. Yeah, which happens. But my my life belt's always been getting back into what what I what I know is going to give me the discipline and uh, and and the structure to overcome the life dif- difficulties and challenges. That that's important, isn't it? Yeah. Because so that's another blessing and another thing why I own it, and I, I've got a soulful like respect for the fight game. Yeah, just give me everything good in my life has come through being a fighter. The respect I've got as a man, the respect um, I've earned in as an athlete, um, the, the, the ch- probably the children, the five children I've worked with, I've, I've met their their mothers through some elements to do with being in a gym <laughs> or being a fighter. You know what I mean? So what, age, what ages are these? So, uh, 15, 15, 13, 9, just turned five. And three, about to turn four. <laughs> Lost all of it. So my my main focus in life is a far as being a father, yeah. as is yours now. Yeah. But I've been I've I've had that focus from day one, I think. So um they're my five, they're my five three championship belts then. You know I mean? Now if you want to look at what life's give you in well, terms of, yeah. of 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 like the things. I think it's a nice auntie, but it's not not an happy to be in a no, father. No. And a, and a and a fully functioning dedicated one yeah do you know what I mean and that's my and that's why I'm so grateful that you know I had sometimes I feel as if maybe I'm a little bit old as a father uh, and I'll miss out on a few things as he's growing up because I won't be as fit or as agile however when I look I think well I I wouldn't have been in his life from an early age Mm. and it would have been it could have set him on a path of you know hatred and you know resentment Imagine the wisdom you'll be able to pass on to him. Yeah, and now What's his name? His name's Albie, old school. I don't even know where that come from, Albie. Oh, same. Yeah, it's just lovely. And I just thought, you know what? It's um, just an incredible. Life's changing. It is, it is. And you, f- and you feel you feel a bit daft at times because like, people have been getting born for billions of years, haven't they? They have, yeah. But, but you know, you know, you only know true love when you have children, don't you? Yeah. And, um, and uh, to be, as I say, to be to be like the far, the best father you can be is a, is an honour, and it's just like a, yeah, it's just like it's like, like it's importance, it's importance. No, it's, it's for society as yeah. well, for, for for you, for your children, for society, for the future, for everyone. Yeah, raising good children is part of our should be part of our um, our pact as we we sign into the into this life. You know what I mean, you got That's what we're here for, isn't it? We're yeah, here to yeah. procreate. And to do a good job procreating, I think. So what happened when you won this title? So tell us a little bit about how you managed that. So from all this, like your life was a bit unravelled. You, you know, when you're talking about being homeless, you're not on the streets, but you're in your mind. It's it's not your place, and it's you know, and you, you've got these troubles, and your path's a little bit offbeat, and then you get back involved in, in the boxing because that's your discipline and that's your structure, which for me is the same. I've always went, I've always gone back to like physical activity, yeah. whether it's weights, whether it's boxing, whether it's... it's medicine, isn't it? It is. It's, it's self-esteem. It's it's the feel-good factor. I always have that, like, I've, I've done something, I've achieved something. You know, I've improved my health just that little bit today by doing something. You know, then again, I'm fucking living in the fridge after it, which is... <laughs> yeah, but it is all the chemicals that releases in the body. It's, it's, all, it's it, all the good things, isn't it? It is. It's we become highly addictive as well. Yeah. I can become very ego-driven. Very I can become very... I've been there in all them, all them aspects you're speaking about, but um, your question was to do with yeah, yeah. how I've been managing the, the nonsense. Yeah. yeah, and then... Because one, I knew, I knew that was the answer to the problem. As it always, as it always has been, yeah. because of everything you've just described, it's the, to, to me that's that's my only answer. So, um, it was a uh, it was a, it was a tough choice because because my body's my body's like under a lot of pressure and like my mind under a lot of stress, but I know that's my escape route to just to just to commit to that, just commit to a fight camp, commit to you know what I mean? And because of the Roy Jones opportunity, I got offered the world. Fringe world title, but look, world title nonetheless over twelve hard rounds, and um, I'm proud of myself. I mean, I'm proud of I'm proud of the the path I've chose. I'm proud of the the fact that I've maintained that path throughout 
deviating with my integrity or me my morals you know what I mean because there's loads of times along the way that I could have, I could have sold out type of thing to maybe get a better chance or a better opportunity or you know because yeah. all, all these things do matter by the way yeah well you did talk about these, it really no what I'm saying yeah. in the fight game these if these things like in the football world thing yeah. being in with the right people even though you've got the same skill set as other people can can either be the who you know it can be them, yeah it can be the make or break there's certain players and certain fighters looking at two sports that we know well where they'll always make it because they're so gifted but then there's others where you know there's there's bits of luck and there's bits of opportunity and there's bits of ask and there's bits of this and there's bits of that so but the point I'm making is I stuck to my my model path all the way from mm-hmm. the age of 12 to the age of 42 and I never deviated and I should had a lot of I had a world title in karate, I had many many domestic British titles in karate. And um, as I say, I've already said it twice. I think, but I'll say it again. For for the area British Commonwealth and two world titles as a pro boxer, I was um, I was fighting for titles in as a top uh, UK top ranked MMA fighter. I was saying with the world's best and in, in every sport I've ever trained in. I'm an I'm an elite level competitor, and I've done it all. Probably, um, with every obstacle you could probably face in terms of like um, time, finances, support, sponsorship. You know what I mean, I've had none of that. Done it all myself. So I'm proud right. of myself. Yeah. I've uh, I've created a good person inside myself that I can pass on to the people who I, I now coach. But most importantly, my own my own kids because, because I respect myself. I took a long time. Took a long time to gain that self-respect. I mean, fantastic. So, what is it that you do with yourself today? Like what? So, oh, I've been coached. I've been coaching yeah, since coaching. five o'clock this morning. Got a got an amazing group of clients who are coached, and an amazing group of fighters. And Alex's master gym, not a coach, MMA team. So I feel blessed. I go to work every day feeling absolutely blessed with the jobs I do, and then I work security. For the, um, I manage, I manage doors for, for my employer Anthony Lynch in, yeah. in town and I love that because I mix with such good people do you know what I mean like the people I work with I mix with and the club owners and the, the like the, um, the the team that we've assembled around us they're just, they're just good people even in that world do you know what I mean you can even create a good life within a world yeah. where people would never realise that you can have such quality individuals what I mean? Yeah, brilliant. A lot of people look. A lot of people got no, <laughs> no time for uh, the people who work on doors, have they? No. But my experience is much different. And those who know me in the city will attest to what I'm saying. That I'm probably respected as a very courteous, capable man. You're very grounded. I'm, I'm, I, I gather that. You know, you're quite um, calm. You know, you convey and communicate with other people, especially here today. You know, the shuttle. You remind me of Mark Scanlon. Well, me and Mark know each other well as well. Mark, he's, he's he's lived a life. Yeah, I like I like I like Mark, and I, I've interviewed Mark, and he looked at me constantly, stared at me. You know, <laughs> and you know, for the I didn't feel uncomfortable. It was mm. quite. He's got a gentle soul inside a a great fighter's body. Yeah. It was an amazing. He's, was an, amazing, he's an amazing athlete as well, by the way. Oh yeah, amazing athlete. But he's lived a life. He's an amazing athlete. But he's connected, and his humility he's, he's, connect, he's connected to his soul. He is, yeah, he is. He is. He's an all rounder. He is, and he's. Uh, and do you know what? There's a lot of again. There's a lot of good people in the city like that. There is, and hopefully um, we'll have the money as so. well. Yeah, get I've got a few. I've got a few more to connect. Yeah, with, get, me, get me in touch with you. Don't, do you know what Sim Mission is? Do you know the Sim Mission label? I've seen, seen all yeah, the stuff I, know, I know what that is, yeah. They're, they're all the ones with all the, the boss quotes, aren't they? I'm the poet for this label. Oh, are you? I'm the poet for Sim Mission. So inside every Sim Mission garment, there'll be a personal poem. I want to write one about you one day. Cool, There's a personal poem written by me. So this is this is um, the Aztecs. So I don't know if I'm mentioning his name. He likes, to be a bit of, he likes to be like a bit of a Banksy, my man. So I won't mention his name. But I'd like to get him on the show. I'd like to get him on your show if he's willing. Yeah. It's a great story. But yeah, so every design he does, he's he's just a he's just an amazing thinker. He's such a creative mind, you know what I mean? Brilliant. And like when you connect with these and these people keep me young because these are all younger than me. Like Scano's younger than me and all the lads that he's introduced me to yeah, and all the yeah. lads we know 
together and you all just everyone just blending around you. Like good people. Like at all I just think goodness is starting to take over. Yeah, I think all the bullshit starting to material. I think I think I think what no what it looks like now after two years, right? If all you're doing on Instagram is pouting, showing what you've got, trying to big yourself up, I think you look foolish now. I really do. I think you'll end up I it's think, embarrassing, isn't it? No, but do you understand what I'm saying? In this, in this era now, yeah. where everyone's, where the world's going through like such major changes, to be just self, um, what did you, what did you read, used the word before? Self seeking. Self seeking. Yeah. If that's all you're doing in the day and age like this, then I think you're going to end up not losing out, but you, I think you're going to lose a lot of respect for people because people need more in this day and age. Yeah, people you've need, seen People I've need seen a bit yeah. of depth and a bit of. Um, a bit more. I've seen a lot of it recently with people like pretending to be, you know, do gooders and in reality, you know, they're not. So I don't mean to do good a bit. Yeah. I just mean the, the general sort of Instagram lifestyle. Yeah, but that's what I've seen. So and, that's like, probably... and, and for me, for me, kids, I don't I know. I've got two teenage daughters, and I'm very mindful of that. And I'm very, but but I'm so so blessed that they've they've listened to me guiding so far, and the mums, of course. Brilliant. No pout, no pout, no this, no that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I bribe them. So don't, don't, don't have a pout, and I, I'll give you a nice little, nice little pay off at the end of the year. Yeah. So like, just, just simple stuff, but it matters to me. That's brilliant. And it matters going forward for them. Brilliant. So we're coming to the end now, Tom. Like right. always, like I said earlier on, little pearl of wisdom. What would you say to a young Tony Moran coming through the doors of life if you could, if you seen him? What would you say to him? I'd say, see yourself worth. Don't listen to others. Find the people in your life who intuitively, you know, have got your best interest at heart. Uh, love yourself. Be respectful of yourself. Be comfortable looking yourself in the mirror and be comfortable laying your head on the pillow at night. And you're probably doing a good job. But you've done a good job. With that. Talking to my younger self there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> with that, so many thank you. Sorry, mate. Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thanks, bro.